Welcome everyone to the podcast that gives you movie and TV discussion every Tuesday and gaming discussion every Friday. The Nerdy Useless Topics Society. They are known as... Nuts! Because we're nuts! Yeah, that's about the most normal thing that we've done this like since we started this. <laughs> so that was... Yay! But how's it going, Chris? You know, I was having a lovely morning. Aren't I you still having a up, lovely I... morning? No, because <laughs> you, you you ruined it, Joe. Because before we recorded, you you kept changing my name on the damn server. I can't change And there was name. nothing I could do about it. I'm not your parent. I can't change your name. It's weird, too, because I'm looking on the feed, and it shows both of your names <laughs> in the one thing. Both in the, uh, where is it? In the, yeah. When you were trying to start the recording <laughs> at two the second and then at your current one, it's <laughs> like, oh, God, why? I, I hate this. That's that's great. I love it. I do not. <laughs> we may- So, like I said, it was a lovely morning. I just had a nice quick breakfast. We're ready to record. I was so excited. And you ruined it. I just how's your morning going, be- Joe? Oh, it's great. So I, I wound up, <laughs> I wound up playing this joke on this guy to where I kept changing his name to various things that he hates. It was you're great. A- ah, you're a dick. <laughs> <laughs> I would never say that. I'm a great guy. <laughs> I would never like. I would never say that. You are not a dick, Chris. <laughs> yeah. You're not a dick. (laughs) Uh, But we have a long episode today. So long. Speaking (laughs) of... (laughs) So, uh, we're not even going to talk about news this week because we have so much to cover. And we're just going into our... um, Almost uh, our final review of the MCU. This is covering all of Phase 3, and this is the longest one. So we we have a lot of time that is going to be filled with all of Phase 3. Because this has, what, three, six, nine movies to date. And I believe yep. Endgame, Endgame is still in Endgame Phase 3. Endgame is the 22nd movie in the MCU. Yes, and it's the 10th and... movie in Phase 3. And the tenth movie in Phase Three is Spider-Man Phase Three. That's Phase That's Four. The start of Phase, phase four. four. Okay, so Endgame will be the end of Phase Three and the whole Infinity Saga, as they're calling Phase One, Two, and Three together. So, yeah, yeah, we have a lot. We're going to talk about everything from Captain America: Civil War all the way down to our, you know, uh, Captain Marvel and our Endgame predictions. Because by the time this comes out, it'll be two to three days before Endgame comes out. So please listen yeah. to us before you see Endgame. Listen. And then listen to the ending again <laughs> afterwards to see how right or wrong we were. Probably very yeah. wrong. I'm going to guess that we're going to be very, very, very yes. wrong. Yeah. <laughs> and there's so many theories. I remember having like what I thought was going to happen back in like October. And now I'm like, oh, that's not even like a thing anymore. No, I know it's 
It's going to be so interesting because like, as we've been talking about these movies, I'm, I realized like one of the common things I've said is the trailer showed one thing and then the movie completely was not that. So I'm expecting that yes. to happen again. So, so I say, uh, Terry, you're looking at the, uh, my notes. Yes. Yes. I All right. Have. Do you want to start us off? What's the first movie called? Captain America, civil war. So phase three uh, has didn't a lot. Pick up the joke that I laid down there. I was trying to get you to say it and you ruined it. God, this morning is just going, getting worse. Joe. No, <laughs> I don't even know what you're talking about. I replaced the R with an H because you love Waluigi. Oh, well, uh, civil so law. I'm sorry. <laughs> psychology and my brain just filled in the correct spelling. I hate you so much. <laughs> anyway. We're having a civil war right now. A civil war. <laughs> a civil war. We're, this, I'm sorry for everyone listening to this beginning part. We're having an interesting morning, to <sighs> say the very least. Yeah. Um, so, the first movie per, correctly pronounced is Captain America's Civil War. This is... Phase 3 is the start of when of, like Marvel just start releasing tons and tons of movies like this was three, every year three per year is a yeah. steady three per year it's been since 20 this is 2016 no i think it, uh, i don't know ant-man was in the summer after yeah ant-man yeah. came so out with the exception of 2016 that was the last time they did two movies in a year since the past two years 2017 2018 there's been three movies a year yeah and it'll happen again this year mm -hmm. so but captain america civil war is when their whole adaptation of the comics obviously in the comics there's a lot more characters and they didn't have the x-men to play off of and all that stuff but what they wound up doing is doing the the fallout from ultron and this and Sokovia and they wound up developing the Sokovia Accords and basically instead of having well they had a villain but they they used primarily Captain America and Tony to lead like a civil war against each other like fighting over the Sokovia Accords and had different members of the team join join each other it was it was a good movie it this is when Spider-Man got introduced to the yeah. MCU for the first time. And that was like the biggest deal ever when it first started happening. Yeah. I think there, there was so much behind the scenes <clears throat> and in, and on screen that it was such a big deal for the movie as a whole. They were adapting like a pretty good, uh, you know, civil war was a good comic storyline. I mean, it has like, you know, uh, it's ups and downs, but overall it was well received and, they were taking that, they were adapting it to match what had happened over the past eight years at the time of the movie. So it was, it was nice because they had done so many movies, they could actually do that. Um, and I think it was done really well. I think the villain Zemo, what's his name? Helmet. Yeah. Helmet Zemo. Zemo. Or Helmut. Baron but, Zemo. Yeah, Zemo. Yes, but he didn't have the trademark purple giant turtleneck. No, mask. he did not. But that was that was for the best. I 
I liked him as a villain. He wasn't nearly at the top, but I did not think he was at the bottom. And I think the problem with the movie, like with his plan was the same thing as uh, even like one of my favorite movies from DC, the dark Knight. And like, Oh, how is the Joker able to synchronize all of these events? Like it's so much like, oh, okay, this had to happen this way exactly for this to happen. And that all happens in civil war with all of his plans are essentially just to, tear down the Avengers from within. So he's like, Oh, well if everything happened differently, even if one thing happened differently, if Tony showed up an hour after cap had, or something like that, then, uh, you know, the ending wouldn't have happened. And you know, that would, it would have been a completely different fallout, but it's a movie. We're get what we're, what we're given. And it was, I really liked it. I like the callback to, Bucky was the one that killed his parents. So it tied that stuff together. And that's been like something that's been a driving force of who Tony is since even the first Iron Man to a small extent. But yeah, that was really, I like that. And yes, it introduced Spider-Man, which was huge because the amazing Spider-Man and this amazing Spider-Man two came out two years before. So the fact that they recasted and rebooted again, Spider-Man, and did such a good job was uh, like unbelievable. Yeah. Everyone was so excited about that. I know originally, and this is another character that they introduced in this movie. They were going to have like black Panther play Mm -hmm. the Spider-Man role. If Spider-Man wasn't part of it, I I think there was like a second script that they had just in case Spider-Man could make it Yeah, with Sony. Yeah. Um, But they just, they did they did a really good job introducing Spider-Man. The Aunt May stuff with Tony was funny as hell when they first oh introduced gosh. it. So that that was great in and in and of itself. And then Spider-Man just the way that he was first introduced and having him fight some of the cast like from the Avengers, like Bucky, Falcon, and that little tussle he had with um Captain America. That that was funny, especially like when he's blocking Winter Soldier's like punches and he's like, oh, my God, this is this metal arm so cool. And yeah, he's like, what's this made of? Yeah, the quips were just like that. That one movie alone, even if we didn't get a solo Spider-Man movie already for me, cemented him as like a really good Spider-Man better than uh what was it? Andrew Garfield's Spider-Man in one 15 minute chunk of a movie. Yeah. Yeah. No, I would agree. I, I mean, I hated the amazing Spider-Man movies to begin with, but I was a little bit nervous about them rebooting everything. And then he came on and he was really good. I loved him. And then, like I said, they introduced black Panther into this movie, which was a way to get you invested in a character before they actually gave him his solo movie. So you, so they didn't have to do as much backstory in the solo movie as they did had to do with the others. And the actor that plays black Panther is amazing. Yeah. Like, that's, um, is that Chadwick Boseman? He's really I, good. I, yeah. Yeah. And like his just desire to, to like, of, avenge his father after all that like all that happened to him and everything and like his fights were great like 
the the suit, how he looked, was great. And then like his his end scene with Baron Zemo, like stopping Zemo from killing himself. I just thought the character himself, like how they introduced Black Panther and just integrated him into the story was done so well. Yeah. And I think that's when going back to the villain, like they did have a complete story from start to finish with certain characters. And that's, you know, it wasn't just like, yes, there was a culmination of like the stress between and the rift that was growing between cap and iron man. Um, but introducing black Panther and Zemo and then showing how their paths were kind of like, you know, uh, intertwined because Zemo was responsible for killing black Panther's dad. And, mm-hmm. and then when he stops him from dying, like he was completely prepared just that he was going to shoot himself and just be done with it. Knowing that he succeeded in a way, um, because he had lost everything. And that was another thing. Like I liked him as a villain because there was some purpose to doing what he, yes. Like the, the methods were kind of all over the place. Like, man, he's going so above and beyond just to, just to do that. Um, but I mean, it succeeded, Mm -hmm. but his drive was, he lost his family. He's just highly trained, has a lot of patience. He said, yeah, he's like patience and, uh, the means to do so or something like that. And he's like, so, He's like, I am determined to get this done. And he was yeah. able to do it in the span of, you know, I think it takes place like a year or 18 months or so after Age of Ultron. Yeah, I don't know the timeline, but he, he does it, he does a really good job. And then like just the, the fights with like the one fight scene with Iron Man, Captain America and Bucky. Oh, at the end. I loved. Yeah. Yeah. At the end. I like, saw I saying the one thing I don't know if you saw it on. I think it was on sci-fi.com had a list of like best scenes in each Marvel movie. And they picked yeah. that from civil war because like over the airport scene, and, like it was back and forth. And, you know, we have to talk about both of them because they are like, they are two, I think of the biggest scenes in the movie, but I think, yeah, the cap Tony Bucky fight was just like, they weren't pulling their punches. Like they were in the airport. They, like, no. that was, the airport was like, here is like fan service. This is, you're going to love this scene. It's going to be funny. They're not going to, no one's going to die. Oh, and you thought that a uh, war machine like Rhodey was going to die. I yeah. really thought he was going to So die. Um, and the directors, they said, you know, we, uh, the only reason we didn't kill him was because then it would have, you know, the right now the scales between both sides were balanced. So if one person died, then like, you know, cap, he would have said like, okay, no, like maybe this is too far. Like, so we had to make it. So, uh, you know, things stayed pretty balanced until the end when it was just them. Yeah. And Tony, he was ready to kill Bucky. And even if it meant like not, I don't think he was prepared to kill cap, but he was, he destroyed Bucky's arm, the fake one. And Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, he was going to kill, he was going to kill him. Oh yeah, no, he he was. So he was just in a rage. Uh, it was a good movie. Like it was a great way to start off phase three. And like I agree with you. The the airport scene was good, but I just enjoyed that Iron Man, like Bucky Captain America exchanged a lot more. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think uh, one of the funniest parts, definitely, at the uh, airport, Ant-Man becoming Giant-Man. Even the whole reveal of Team Cap, because at first it was just who Cap and... Uh, oh, gosh, I think it was just Cap and Bucky running. And then it was... Ant Man was shrunk down on his shield without him knowing, and mm-hmm. who else? Wanda. There's Falcon, and like people were hiding, all coming out, and then you know, then they had the big lineup shot, and then they all start going towards each other. That was so like goosebumps. I yeah. think it was well done. Yeah, yeah, it was good. All right, so now it takes us to November fourth, twenty sixteen. So this was months later. We get almost six months exactly. Uh, and this introduced the mystical Doctor Strange. Yeah. This was a good this is a good movie. Benedict Cumberbatch plays Doctor Strange very well, actually. Yeah. When, I remember like in twenty thirteen or twenty twelve when they were like even just talk, when um they were talking about like oh maybe Doctor Strange will come in and then with Winter Soldier they they teased uh, the one agent says like uh, people on the list and he says Stephen Strange and everyone freaks out. Yeah. Like, oh, it has to be Benedict Cumberbatch. He's he is Dr. Strange and they got him. Yeah. And he, he's good. Like, I mean, Benedict Cumberbatch is such a good actor. Like he plays he plays a great character in anything that you can think can think of for the most part. Yeah. But I, this movie I mean, it wasn't like the most fantastic movie. It was like a middle of the road, slight, maybe slightly above average Marvel movie. But yeah, I think if you compare it to some things like for an int- a um, origin story, it was better than a lot of like the phase one origin movies. Yeah, I would agree. Like it did. It opened up like new, new realms of possibility like this. Obviously, with Doctor Strange, it got into a lot of magic and mystic arts and stuff like that. So you got to see the funny things with Doctor Strange learning how to use, like, make portals and all that stuff. Like that scene where he's taking the books out of the library using the portals. (laughs) That was funny. While Wong is listening to Beyonce. Yeah. (laughs) I love Wong so much. I love the line in Infinity War. It's like... He saves Tony's life. Wong, you're invited to my wedding. <laughs> yeah, he was good. Um, so who's the villain that? Caesius or something like It was um, Mads Mikkelsen was the villain. And he was trying to bring in Dormammu um, to just... Dormammu. Yeah, Dor- Dormammu. I've come to there bargain you with you. Yeah, that... I didn't... The scene itself was funny when they had had Dormammu there, but Dormammu as like an end villain was kind of a it was a bad choice in my opinion because it was just a big floating head basically. I mean, he had to reverse time to fix everything that happened after they brought Dormammu there, but it and it it had a funny scene, but I just. I don't think that the way that they portrayed Dormammu was was great. I thought they could have done something else or had a different villain. I think if it's a standalone and we never hear from Dormammu again, then yeah, I agree. It, I think the way he was introduced 
is as a introduction like that as he'll come back he'll play a role in a future movie whether it's focused solely on Doctor Strange as a big bad like after Thanos or you know to team up with whoever is after Thanos you know we don't know yeah because he's it's not like he was destroyed and they talk about like his very existence is outside of time and things like that so it's you know it's tough to even like describe so you know it's going to be uh He's a very formidable foe, especially in the comics. So I, I think, I, uh, yeah, you know, he says, don't ever come back to Earth. I'll be like, OK, I won't. I'll go to all these other planets. Ha, 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 ha. <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, that and like thinking that uh, a villain's going to be like, keep their word is also like, that's not typical. Yeah. And especially after the like Dormammu realizes that they no longer have the time stone. Mm. Like why, why would he, why would he keep his word? I'm, sh- I'm sure he'll be back. I just, they need to figure out how to do a better representation of him. Yeah. Like be- besides the, the, the floating head, it worked for that scene to make it funny, but that was about yeah. it. Yeah. And, uh, who else? Kaecilius. I think that's how his name was in this. I Kaecilius so. and, um, yeah, the ancient one, like she was good. I know people were so upset. You know, I think she did a good job, and then she dies, at least temporarily. You know, I'm sure she'll make an appearance again. Probably not in like the current timeline or something, but maybe as like a flashback or something like flashback that, or another realm. Yeah, because uh, they're definitely, I think, going to go into more, you know, out there. Just like they kind of did with Phase Three, they introduced Doctor Strange, and they did some even like weirder things in Guardians Two and Thor Ragnarok. So I think that it's only gonna keep get like we're we're just getting prepared for that. So that way, when it happens, we're like, oh, okay, this isn't like out of the question, as opposed to just jumping in the deep end. Oh, yeah, no, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> yeah uh, um i like how uh you know he i was nervous that he was essentially just going to be a doctor version of tony stark because he's like they're both very arrogant uh when they both start like dr strange and iron man one uh but they really did differentiate the two well um yeah you know they're both geniuses uh in different ways but they definitely made it so you know tony still has that charisma and that snark that he's like you know that, that defines him as a person and uh and dr strange he dropped that you know and became much more i don't know the word like selfless uh i mean especially with with regard to infinity war and he was prepared in dr strange specifically he was prepared to you know groundhog day himself to death every day in a time loop yeah uh, to save everyone and uh, yeah, well, and then Endgame would never have happened. Yes, we would just would, keep going back. We would keep bargaining. <laughs> I'll so, bargain. Yes, uh, I'm trying to think of anything else. I liked Baron Mordo was the way he was introduced in Doctor Strange because mm-hmm. it was very similar to the comics of, uh, or there were some similarities, but he was, uh, you know, almost like a mentor to him. And then by the end, he learned, he was like, no, like it is, yeah, basically it was no thing. Like there's a gray area. Like there's a way to use like the bad energy for good purposes. And 
Mordo was like, no, it's black and white. You can't do that. Like, yeah, uh, the debt always comes due or something like that. And so he goes and he takes like the magic out of people somehow, you know, that I'm sure if a sequel is coming, which I think it's rumored, but if a sequel officially 2020 comes 2020 or 2021, I think it's rumored. Yeah. As... So if it does, I'm sure we'll get more because he did a good job. And that actor, he's actually playing, I think, Scar in the new Lion King movie. Uh, he does a good job. I think he could be a full-fledged villain well. Yeah, no, I think he could as well. Um, it's. I'll be interested to see what they do with this character and if they do have the movie in 2021, like what's going to change because like timeline-wise, that's three years from now. So, or yeah, well, two years, really. Yeah, so, so it would have been five years. For at least four years, if not more, from the original, which is a long time. Yeah, so it'll be interesting to see how how they changed him, how they change him, especially because, and this is what we'll go over a bit with at the end. But they, in this phase, like they did such a much better job with the villains. So now <laughs> the expectation is kind of getting to the point to where they, people expect the villains to be at least okay if not a little good it's slowly rising so we'll see how that goes if they keep up the good villains in phase four yeah yeah i think out of essentially what we've had so far is nine out of ten movies in phase three i would say more than half of them had good at least good villains good to great a couple excellent um yeah so i'd agree they've definitely listened to the <laughs> the fan complaints of the the villain issues oh, that yeah. they've had. So, I think that's it for Doctor Strange, right? Yes, definitely. So, the next movie that came out, which I, I was a little hesitant on, but still excited for, was Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. That came out May 5th, 2017. So, that was just the beginning of basically... It was almost summertime and it was I liked the movie. It was not as good, I thought, as Guardians one. Um, but like it, it was another good. It was a funny, funny movie where you got to learn about um, Star-Lord's background and how he he had a father that was a celestial or yeah, right. Basically, like, uh, it's like so you're like a god. He goes, little G. Yeah, <laughs> yes, and and the guy that played Ego, I liked him. Like, yeah, he wasn't the greatest villain, but I thought he was good enough. So, and um, and then they they did focus, I, I guess, to its detriment on uh, a lot on like the. Go- Gamora Peter relationship, which I, I, I get it, but I was like, this serves no purpose really besides like trying to save Peter at the end. Yeah. Um, some exposition. Yeah. It it really wasn't needed. And I mean, it gave, it gave him some reason to get angry and do that big blunder. He did in end game, I guess, but Oh, not in game, Infinity War, but that that was about it. 
as far as like the characters and stuff, everything was really funny. Like the, the scene where Rocket and um, what's his name? Yeah. Uh, yes. The scene where Yondu and and Rocket go into like all these hyperspeed. Jumps. Oh, yeah. That w- it was so trippy and so funny. Yeah, when they're like, I love faces it. are like melting and stuff like that and shifting. Like you can't do all these hyper jumps at once. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah, that was good. Like, l- yeah, I mean they focus a lot on character development in this film because like Rocket had issues with with the whole team, yeah, so Yondu and him. Yeah, exactly. So Yondu and him got got together baby group was was great like him like busting them out of jail and fighting and that little first scene where he's dancing as everyone's trying to kill the big monster that was great i liked it um drax drax's interaction with with mantis it was it it was the greatest oh my gosh <laughs> yeah that duo was uh, so saw- funny yeah <laughs> <laughs> she just told your deepest secret. Do me. Most embarrassing. So do me, yeah. do me. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, that's yeah, it took I think the the best parts of Guardians and just, you know, elevated them somewhat. Um the thing that stunk what you know, in the first one you had that part where they all had to kind of join together and build that camaraderie, which you didn't have here. Here it was not only established, but almost frayed, like in certain spots, like, you know, Quill and Rocket were like, you know, arguing over who was the captain and it got like, you know, annoying to the other people. So they all, and they all got kind of separated, which let them do different things. And it wasn't until essentially like after the beginning, they're not all reunited until the very end of the movie. And I think it works best when they are all together. I liked when Rocket was yeah. teamed up though with Yondu after the whole mutiny. Uh, yeah, there was, and there's so much in Guardians. Like James Gunn puts a ton of Easter eggs. Like I think more than most other Marvel movies, there were so many Easter eggs in his movies to like very obscure things too. Um, mm-hmm. Like the whole Ravagers at the end with, uh, gosh, oh my god, uh, yeah. Rocky. As <laughs> like uh what are they but like they're or, all the original or, guardians of the galaxy yeah, or yondu uh, finding minus, like minus his yondu. original like finn from like for his head in the comics yeah 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 that was awesome uh and then little things too even to reference back to the uh first movie like on yondu spoiler when yondu's killed and uh or when he dies and at the very end in his funeral they put the little um the troll doll from the first movie in his uh like space casket which i thought was a nice touch it was like what quill duped him with he was like oh give me the stone and he put the little troll yeah. doll in there at the very I end mean, of the first movie that and obviously you got yondu's famous line of i'm mary poppins y'all that that <laughs> He, he a cool dude. <laughs> yeah, the coolest. That Mary that, Poppins. Yo. I loved that scene. It's probably like my favorite scene from that movie. Yeah, but yeah, it was great. They elevated someone from 
who was like a anti-hero kind of a villain in the first movie to be like the emotional heart of this movie. Like, yeah, I never went in expecting like, even if he died, I never expected at the end of like two hours or so that I was going to be upset. Yeah, Yandu that was he died like the best character and of that movie. Of... Yeah, definitely. Um, you know, there was a whole issue, the whole like theme of, you know, they, and, uh, I think James Gunn said, it. he's like the theme of the first one was like, you know, the relationship between Quill and his mother. And this one was Quill and his father, but it was like not just ego, but also Yondu. Yeah. That was. was really nice. Um, yeah, there were some things here and there. Like it's, I think, yeah, guardians one is better than guardians two. Uh, over many, many, but they're still both great movies. I enjoy them both. Uh, and the last thing I want to say is just the music was also stand out again. Like he just, he writes the actual, the specific songs into the script that he wants to use. And it's like from baby Groot dancing to Mr. Blue sky to the very end, like father and son song at the funeral was like oh yeah, yeah guardians perfect. has like the best soundtracks of the mar of the marvel movies and i forgot like how i didn't think about like how much i liked like the older music and somehow they weave it in to work great so but yeah guardians mm -hmm. was guardians 2 was a great movie i really liked it, it it's saying it was not as good in guardians as guardians one is not that big of a deal because it, like Guardians one is pretty high on my list. So yeah. Um, so after Guardians, then we got something that everyone had been waiting for, for like since the MCU really first started, which was Spider-Man Homecoming that came out actually just a few months after this of Guardians, which that came out in July on July 7th, 2017. So that was that was an interesting movie because you got the first like MCU version of Spider-Man, like in his own movie and they didn't go the normal route of, Oh, let's put green goblin in this, this movie as the villain or, or give him like an origin or give him an origin, which saved so much time. And yeah. like, obviously Peter in this movie is like a freshman in high school. So, that that was another difference and you had tony stark in the movie like teaching him like how to do things trying to act as a parental figure to him and it, mm -hmm. and it was great because like i never thought like if i were to think of a spider-man movie i wouldn't think that a movie centered around the vulture as the main villain would be any good um, oh my gosh and I liked I liked how they portrayed the vulture in this movie. It was yeah, Michael Keaton did such a good job that like especially like rewatching it and all of this, like he is one of my favorites. He's definitely for me, he's top five for villains in a complete and different than like all the other ones. It was so relatively grounded and focused movie just in uh, essentially Queens and most for the most of the movie in uh, just New York. But yeah, he did such a good job. Yeah, he, re he really did. And like they, they weaved his backstory into what happened with the original Avengers. So it made sense. He, uh, they did the, the 
the basic thing of making him the father of what really is Tony's like, not Tony, um, Peter's like love interest in this, in this movie. Yeah. That was a good, uh, like twist. I thought just because yeah. you weren't expecting, uh, cause you see the mom and you just, I don't know. I think most people just didn't see that coming necessarily. I guess you're right. I don't know. Part, I guess I partially saw it coming, but maybe not many people didn't. So either way it, it was, it was good. There were, I thought there were some slow parts in the movie, but overall though, like they, he Spider-Man, like he was, quippy and smart his interaction with with the kids trying to get them not to realize he was spider-man was good it got and then like the serious part when vulture like confronted him and threatened to kill him yeah that that was good too. and i was like little things i noticed as soon like they're at a red light and as soon as it turns green it's like the moment he says something it was just what you know the director did a good job as soon as the light turns green is when it's like he makes the connection that peter is spider-man and oh, it's i didn't even yeah it's that. like you see him putting the pieces together and then it's like as soon as like he says one thing and you see it in his face as soon as the light turns so if you go back and see that scene it's like he does such a good job without saying a word he's putting it together just listening to the conversation and, and he's like, Oh, I just got to give him the dad talk. And it's like, of course, like, you know, get hearing that going to homecoming or prom or something, like, you know, take good care of her. It's like, I'm going to kill you. If you yeah. don't leave my I'll... business alone. Oh, it's so get, good. Get out of my way, boy. Yeah. Or you're dead. <laughs> and yeah. Yeah. So good. Um, a couple of the big scenes were good. Like the DC scene with the elevator. That was good. Uh, the f- climactic like fight at the end uh, with like the airplane and crashing into Coney Island. Uh, that was cool. Um, yeah. His like the, the boat scene where Tony had to save him. Yeah. Essentially like that was a good gr- grounded moment for him. It kind of showed him that he had a, a lot to learn. Yeah, and He had limitations. Yeah. And they were, trying to imitate a little bit of the the imagery of the first Spider-Man movie back back in the day in like the early 2000s where Peter was trying to stop the bus. I thought it was the was second to... one with the subway. Was it? it was... Because it was oh, Doc I guess Ock, it... they fight on the subway. It was. And Doc it Ock, was the second um, one. Yeah. Like causes, it... like he breaks the, the controls or something, so it speeds off and, you know. You're yeah. right. Right. That was yeah. That was it definitely was the, the homage to Spider-Man Two because that was like of the three. I think that was like the most well-received Spider-Man movie, and uh, that was a good little signal to it. Yeah, it was. It was really good. So I thought. I thought the movie was good. I mean, it had little things here and there, but it wasn't. It wasn't bad. Like it was really good, I, especially for MCU's version of of the Spider-Man movies. I don't know where I'd rank it uh, from Spider-Man one and two, like the original with and this one. But it was definitely better than anything the Amazing Spider-Man threw out there. Yeah, I like how you know they said how all the different Marvel movies kind of have their own theme to them, or like 
you know, Doctor Strange was kind of more mystical and a little dark. And they said, mm-hmm. Spider-Man Homecoming is like a John Hughes 80s movie feel, feel to it, like Breakfast Club, Pretty in Pink, 16 Candles, um, Ferris Bueller, all of those types of movies. And it definitely had that feel with like the kids are in high school. Uh, you know, the one of the funniest parts was when he's fighting um what was it he was fighting uh the electrocutioner at the end and then he like takes flash's car and he's driving it and ned is in the library in the chair and he's like guy in the chair he gets uh walked in on by the principal or vice principal and what are you doing looking (laughs) at porn (laughs) (laughs) like ah so funny yeah that whole the friendship too between him and Ned was just really well done. The fact and it changed things up. The fact that Ned knows his identity, and at the end, Aunt May learns his identity. So that's huge because he is one of the few characters. I think one of the only characters in the MCU where his identity, his secret identity, is like a thing. Because every other major yeah. character is like openly known as their hero. Yeah. But he's a kid, so he's trying to keep it under wraps. But yeah, yeah, the fact that those two know that's that is a big deal. Very, yeah, very different than the comics. So that's I like the the way they're going with that. Mm-hmm. Let's go yeah, to. I agree. Later that year, November third, twenty seventeen, a third Thor movie, Thor Ragnarok. The world was somewhat ready because they're like, okay, Thor was good. Thor: The Dark World. Not great. Thor Ragnarok. Are you seriously making three of these? And then <laughs> yeah. it was one of the funniest MCU movies I have seen. Well, yeah, the trailers just like from the trailers to begin with, it showed a completely different tone than any any of the other two movies. Mm-hmm. Just because of the like the music that they it's funny, the little things like the music that they decided to use in the trailers, like made it feel completely different. And then you get, and you still get wary. Cause you're like, eh, they're just trailers they're, you know, given the track record of at least the last Thor movie, I'm not sure how good this is going to be. And then the first scene of the movie, you just have Chris Hem- Hemsworth rifting off a bunch of jokes yeah. as he's, <laughs> tied up which i was like oh my god this is so different than any of the thor movies this i hope this is going to be awesome and it did it wound up being good like it, the whole movie a lot of it was just chris hemsworth or other characters doing a bunch of quips the entire time which yeah you know what it kind of worked <laughs> yeah and they let him like People have said before this came out, like Chris Hemsworth as an actor is a really funny person. He was the highlight of like the Ghostbusters movie that came out, the uh, the female-led Ghostbusters movie. He was hilarious in that. And they said, oh, like some of the movies you got to see that he's in, like he's really funny. Uh, and they kind of teased his humor. They let him joke around in Age of Ultron a little bit in the party scene where him and Tony have like an argument over whose girlfriend was better and who's like a better hero and stuff and they're like yeah he is yeah he has moments and they just 
and he said him and the director Taika Waititi, like it's like just go with it, just do you know, go balls to the wall, and he was hilarious in that movie. Yeah, and then they had a, a bunch of. Well, I should say at first I want to start with this is that the other great thing about this movie and they introduced her right away was Helena. She Hella. she was like or Hella. Sorry, I don't know why I said Helena. Um she was good. Hella like yeah, like one of the best Marvel movie or villains that they've had in such a long time. Like she she was so up there and like they introduced her pretty early on into the story. And for one of the first things she does when she comes back is just destroy Mjolnir. Yeah. She like, catches the hammer and Thor's face, both Thor and Loki's face is like a, Oh shit moment. And she just, it's like, Oh, you know, nothing essentially just gives the, you know, nothing Jon snow and just crushes it with her, her hand. And they're like, uh Oh Yeah. Yeah, and Loki immediately is like, "Get us out of here!" <laughs> and he's like, "No, you fool!" and and that was cool too because they actually like fight a little bit while they're traveling, so it kind of shows a little bit more of like what the uh, like the Rainbow Bridge does. Uh, oh, besides so that cool. letting you race with race on top of it with yes, Mario, it's Rainbow Road. Oh, my my bad. Yes. <laughs> so. Yeah, it was really, yeah, I liked Hella. And there was like, there were some things in there that was like, um, kind of cheesy or corny that, like, that she had to say, like, some of her lines. But she, uh, it was that Kate Blanchett, she, like, completely ate it up. Like, she did such a good job with it. I think if it was someone trying to take it more seriously, it would have completely fallen flat. But she was just like, yeah, some of the funniest parts in the movie. Uh, have to deal with her and she is just completely like she takes out the Asgardian army <laughs> yeah the entire by herself army. Um, throwing all those daggers and everything it was so well yeah that was cool um, I like the beginning like all the different connections so first uh, Thor comes back and you know there's the it answers the cliffhanger from the dark world of Odin as Loki and they have the play of the death of Loki. Yeah. And that was so funny. They had like Matt Damon playing Loki um, and all these. Yeah, it was really good. And then they go get Odin and they have to go to Dr. Strange. And that was a nice little tie in to Dr. Strange. Poor um, Loki. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I have been falling for 30 <laughs> minutes. <laughs> yeah. Oh and then God. Loki goes after Dr. Strange and he's like, okay, bye. <laughs> Yeah, it just flings him to Norway like that. Yeah. Like, oh, what? You think you're some kind of sorcerer? <laughs> he like pulls out his daggers. Uh, that was so well done. It yeah. Was. And then Odin's like, "Look, guys, perfect timing. I'm dying, and hell is coming. You're all screwed. Ragnarok <laughs> is coming. Bye." <laughs> and, and then that all happens. Yeah. And then Thor meets up with Hulk, and that was a good tie-in to Age of Ultron, showing like, hey, he flew out into space. He you know, got sucked into one of those wormholes and he's been there as their prized fighter ever since. And Jeff Goldblum as the, uh, is that the, the game master, whatever his name is. Uh, um, I know who what you're talking yeah, about, but Jeff Goldblum like was hilarious. <laughs> he just was 
like he already is very just eccentric is a good word and he just brought that to the character of uh i'm gonna look this up but yeah he brought it he's just called grandmaster oh just grandmaster all right so he brought that to the grandmaster um another one of those like celestial type of beings like the collector oh yeah Uh, yeah they're uh I think brothers or cousins or something, but and I love, you know, cannot talk about this without talking about Korg and Meek. Korg, yes. Yes. <laughs> this is Korg. I'm Korg. This here is Meek. We're going to start a revolution. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. And that was the, the voice of Korg was the director, Taika Waititi. And he like, they're like, that's his sense of humor. He is just, I, I got to see a, he did one movie called um, what we do in the shadows. It's like a vampire movie, but it's like a dry comedy of like, and they just turned it into a TV show on FX. So I got to watch that, but mm-hmm. yeah, he did such a good job. Um, you know, last, yeah. One of the last things I like how Hella basically destroyed whatever the perception of Thor by killing off like the warriors three right away. Basically, uh, you're introduced to Tessa Thompson's Valkyrie as like this drunken, excommunicated uh, Asgardian who now is just like uh, you know, and they all team up to become the Revengers. Yeah, and essentially they cause <laughs> Ragnarok. So that was that was a cool ending. I love how um, they they put the uh, they they cause uh, Surtur to come back at the end and be as tall as a mountain. And he's so happy. He's like, ah, I will cause Ragnarok. Yeah. And then I love they're leaving the planet at the very end of the ship. And Korg's like, Oh, it's okay. Just some like things have been destroyed, but you know what? We can rebuild. And then that's when he destroys the planet completely <laughs> and it explodes. And he's like, Oh, oh never mind. Never mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I mean, other other thing that I'll mention before we move on is that there the relationship between Thor and Hulk slash Banner I thought throughout the movie was really good and he, like like Banner was just like you don't want me you just want the Hulk he's like no I never liked him I like you yeah. And then Hulk, he's like, you know what, Hulk, you want better. He goes, no, I hate that guy. Like, ooh, numbers and stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, yeah. So that 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 was good. I I like their their interactions. Um, and it's like you said, I like the fact that they completely, basically, they use this movie to completely reset Thor in every way. Have Hela kill everything so Thor could be something brand new. And exactly. The only thing I was a little bit disappointed about was was that like part of me felt like there there was going to be this big World War Hulk storyline yeah. and it wasn't that big of a deal. It it was just a, it was just a after mention and I hope that Wait, eventually World War, like when he comes back well, or Planet Hulk when he's All right, I'm this. sorry, Planet Hulk. I don't know what's with me this morning. Planet but I Hulk. think I think you know it was the the closest I know that like, there's still legal issues with like Hulk can't have his own movie in the MCU still. So, um, you know, I think that's the closest without it taking away fully from Thor. It was the closest we would get to it. Uh, but yeah, I thought the same, I think if, you know, add an extra 10 minutes into the movie, 
just kind of develop that Planet Hulk a little bit more. Uh, that would have been good. But overall, like, I really like this movie. Yeah, me too. I thought it was good. So. Yes. Now we go into one of the most influential movies of last year. Black this came Panther. Out, yes, Black Panther came out February 16th, 2018. And, yeah, this, I mean, this was big. It was nominated for, it was the first Marvel movie to be nominated for Best Picture. So that was like, that says a lot. Um, you know, the cast, excellent. Um, you know, we were already introduced, like Spider-Man, we were already introduced to uh, the Black Panther. I like how it showed, you know, it, it's opened with like the little history lesson of Wakanda. Yeah. Uh, because that was just, you know, it explained like how they have that resource of vibranium and they decided to hide it away. And then I like how it just jumps to, what was it, 92 or 93 uh, in Oakland, California. And yeah. it shows, like, you know, the one guy who escaped Wakanda and he's been, um, you know, dealing whatever vibranium on the side. And then it mm-hmm. just, like, sets up the villain kind of with, like, you kind of, you don't know everything yet. But it, in the end, like it sets up the villain right there. It opens with that. And that was really cool. Uh, and then it cuts to uh, like a week after Captain American, uh, Captain America Civil War. Yes. Yeah. It goes right into like him, co- him coming back to Wakanda, him trying to, you know, be, be the king now that his father has passed. Yeah. So yeah, it was like the mantle was just thrust upon him. Now he has to take charge. Oh yeah. So it it went through this whole explanation. It it didn't do a backstory so much as it did an explanation of how you got the power of black Mm -hmm. Panther, like what it meant to be black Panther. And the fact that you had to basically give up the power and, go in some fight to prove that, you know, you're, you're worthy of being black Panther and the ruler of Wakanda, the King of Wakanda. And so that was cool. Seeing, seeing all that, seeing him fight, fight, um, Michael B. Jordan fight and win, and then, you know, get his powers back. And then you're introduced to obviously a bunch of characters it with black Panther. And then, Sherry, I think is her name. Uh, yeah, I think right? it's Sherry. Yeah, it's like S H U R I, I think, or Y. But yeah, so Sherry, that's his little sister, who is, I think, she's essentially she's smarter than technology wise. She's smarter than Tony and Tony. Bruce. Yeah. Now, I think you know once they actually are able to, if they're able to in this next movie, play around with the technology, like the three of them together would be like insane but yeah that was she was introduced as this very very smart person who's like relatively young like she's in her probably like early 20s or something and she's designing oh, she's 16 oh in, the, in this movie there you go so the fact yeah. that yeah she is creating this otherworldly tech is like so crazy uh yeah yeah and then, and then obviously you had the the big the rift of the movie was like finding 
Ulysses Claw, yeah. and and getting getting him and bringing him to justice. So, and then people started because at first the mission failed trying to get him, and so people were were doubting Black Panthers like his leadership his, and his, his ability, his leadership. Yeah. Yep. So that caused a big rift and that kind of gave rise to like Killmonger coming in, which another like a back to back, another great movie villain. Yeah. He, here. he had, you know, when you leave the theater and you say, you know, I can't, I see his point. Um, that's when, you know, you have like a good villain where you could somehow relate to them. And when he says, you know, you shouldn't be holding on to all this tech, this should be shared with the world. And I'm going to do that. I'm going to share this with, all different people around the world. Uh, and somebody's like, yeah, you know, that's, that's actually like, why are they being selfish? Um, and that's like the question they ask kind of throughout the whole movie. It's like, you know, is it better to like keep this safe or to share it? And in the end they end up like kind of doing what in their yep. style, they do what the villain was going to do. Yep. Like, okay, we're going to share this technology. We're going over to Oakland where they're setting up, something it honestly could be some sort of even memorial to um yeah michael b jordan's character and they yeah they just not, let killmonger well not like um i was gonna say they let killmonger basically win in that case and yeah. that they're sharing their technology which i don't think any other marvel movie has done anything like that no i don't think that they have like having having them do what the villain wanted to do at the end, just in a different way was like you said, it was eye opening. Like it, it, you, you could sympathize with the villain. Like he wasn't really in this kind case, kind of a villain. He, I mean, he went to extremes, which, which is what made him a villain, so to speak. But it was a shame that he got killed because I wish he could have come back because they could have like, if they really wanted to, they could have redeemed his character and they could have, figured out ways to like intertwine him into the story. But yeah, and he went out the way on like his own terms. Cause black yeah. Panther even said like, was it to, uh, T'Challa was like, I'll save you here. We'll, we'll put some of those magic beans in you of vibranium. That does everything <laughs> that is possibly imaginable. And he's like, nope. no, I w- I'd rather be like the, the slaves that uh, would rather jump off the ship than be, become enslaved in America and he just pulls the like dagger out of himself and dies watching the sunset. Yep. I mean, it was a good scene. It, it was, was a really, really good, good scene. Uh, and so, speaking of magic beans, just something I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to throw in there. If you like read stuff on Michael B. Jordan and his, like his portrayal um, of Kill- Killmonger. Are you going to talk about he, his costume? Yes. <laughs> I knew you were going to. It it got it was inspired by like Dragon Ball and like the armors that the Saiyans in Dragon Ball wore, which I thought was so cool because I'm a yeah, huge because Dragon Ball Michael fan. B. Jordan. Michael B. Jordan is a huge anime nerd. Yeah, and he was like he had uh, some say in like the the costume design and was like yeah, so he has that blue and white, like and they may, it's not like you know alien or otherworldly but it's you could if you had the picture side to side which you could see online it's definitely noticeable like okay this is definitely a saiyan and you know 
he is the hero of his own story. That's another trait of like a good villain. Like he has a point and he knows that he is doing what's right. Uh, yep. Ah, yes. Yeah, so good. Uh, yeah. There's so many characters too in this movie. Like I know we're just kind of talking about it briefly overall focusing on some of the big things, but um, yeah, a lot of the cast, both a lot of the female actresses uh, that, you know, um, like T'Challa's love interest uh, who's doing essentially like um, humanitarian work and has left Wakanda to help others that actually need like help instead of like this lavish country that's in hiding. Um, yeah. yeah, it was just really well done and I'm excited to see cause they did announce black Panther two just at some point it'll come out. So yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I like the movie. So yes, now the big we one. should move on to the big one. Um, Avengers infinity war, which came out April 27th, 2018. So nearly There's one some, year ago today. Yeah. It'll be almost a year exactly from uh, Endgame. Yep. It'll be that same week. Yep. All, Just, uh, only a day yeah. difference. Yeah. So. Oh, so good. <laughs> this movie, obviously it had big shoes to fill because it had to basically try to intertwine all of everything that had happened previously in the other movies. Yeah, like with all these prior movies. Yeah. With all these characters. And then it had to it didn't have to introduce Thanos, but it had to like give Car- Thanos some serious character development because obviously you had only seen him in a couple shots before yeah. this. So he was the main focus of this movie. Him trying to hunt down the infinity stones, trying to to do what he wanted to do with the infinity stones and getting rid of half the population. And they made it to where again, like, I mean, you could see why his, his end result, like would be problematic and not smart to do, but you sort of saw his reasoning as to why he wanted to do things um, the way he did. And, like in the span of the movie, like he, he went through like explaining why he wanted to do it. And he had to go, he had to kill Gamora, his own daughter to get what he wanted. So that told you like right then and there, how far he would go. And it kind of just was like him beating up on the Avengers, but he also respected them because they, they fought for what they believed in. And he never like, flat out killed any of them right away, except like vision because vision had the, the mind stone, but the rest of them, he was pretty like, if he wanted to just kill them like right away, he could have. Yeah. I even think in the very beginning when it shows his just initial strength that he could stop the Hulk, um, I think he could have just stopped like he incapacitates the Hulk and he could have just continued yeah. and ended it there. But like you said, he, he is the hero uh, like in his version of that movie, he is the hero. It's definitely Thanos's movie. That's how they've described it. Like, yes, the Avengers are trying to stop him, but it's, you know, even the last scene of the movie is him reflecting on how he succeeded. And it's like a nice sunset moment. If you watch it as like from his perspective, that's a happy ending for him. Uh, 
Yeah. And yeah, they did such a good job. Like you said, there was only so much time, maybe less than 10 minutes of screen time over the past decade of movies. And they made him one of the best villains throughout the MCU. Um, yeah, I think there's so much they had to juggle in a like two and a half hour time, but they did such a good job. It just opens. They already, he already has the power stone. And I think that was a good choice because it's like, hey, we're he's still in the span of the movie collects five Infinity Stones, which that that was huge. Um, yeah, yeah. So take it, destroying half of the Asgardians on the ship, and then really blowing up the ship. So killing most, like destroying almost all of Asgard. I'm sure they said some people got away, like uh, Tessa Thompson's Valkyrie. She's she's. Yeah safe and i'm sure korg and meek are uh so some mostly as guardians are dead thor's lost every he lost uh loki for real this time and at least until the disney plus service comes out exactly um as of now he is dead <laughs> and then hulk is introduced to dr strange and tony like all this stuff uh, they did such a good job too because i was like oh i can't wait for the reunion between cap and tony and you know, after that opening scene where they're fighting, what's his name? Ebony Maw, the very clever Squidward like guy. <laughs> yeah. Uh, once they fight him in New York, they get sucked right up onto the spaceship and they're in space the rest of the movie. Um, and then it essentially just became like three major storylines until the end of there's the people on Earth. They all kind of meet in Wakanda. Then there's Thor and Rocket in space. And then the remaining guardians and Tony and the rest on Thanos' home planet. Yeah, um, ex exactly. And yeah. then the thing that was interesting, what they did, and they had to explain this behind the scenes because apparently a lot of the people got this wrong. Is like you, the theme after the Hulk got beat up was that the Hulk didn't come back in the movie, which was different than what the trailers showed because you saw the Hulk running oh, yeah. in, in with a bunch of the Avengers in a shot in the trailers. And a lot of people always assumed or assumed at the very beginning that the Hulk never came back because he was scared of Thanos. It was, it was later explained that basically the Hulk never came back because he was tired of helping Bruce and everyone. He thought yeah. that he was only being used to fight their battles and, he didn't want to do it anymore. So it's going on this whole major conflict between him and Bruce, which yeah. wasn't, wasn't really, you couldn't tell that in the movie. The only way to know that was when the Russo brothers like kind of were like, yeah, this is what's going on. Yeah. They did a lot of, uh, tours and stuff, uh, after the movie came out, like a press tour, doing even like college visits and Q and A's and stuff. And they were very candid about the movie in ways that they could be nothing like necessarily with the sequel, uh, end game, yeah. but they, they answered anything about the movie very bluntly. And that was definitely one. I think if they had like a little bit more time, but like you said, there's so much going on. They, every minute of that movie, like you had to be paying attention, but it, it wasn't like a yep. chore. It was definitely something you enjoyed doing. Um, Oh Yeah. Trying to think of anything else. Like there's so much. Uh, there, there really, there was. Um, 
I mean, you have Peter Dinklage yeah. in his his role. I thought that was, which was nice. Yeah, I thought it was good. I think it was like it's to me it slowed things down because they showed that that was like a scene like three different times I think of like him, and I know they just had they had to show that, but I would have trimmed that down a little bit to give some more exposition somewhere else to either like Cap or Bruce or yeah, one of the other characters instead of him, like just forging the, the new ax, but you know, it wasn't bad. It just, yeah, no, I agree with you. I also like part of me and, and the Russo brothers kind of explained it, but I wasn't that big of a fan of the explanation. So directly after Thanos formed the gauntlet with all the infinity stones, like obviously Thor came after him and threw the ax at him. And then when Thanos tried to deflect the axe with the, all the stones, it just went right through it and got him Thanos. Yeah. I, I wasn't a f- fan of the fact that the axe could do that. Like it's so it, they, it looked so easy The the explanation from Marvel was basically, well, Peter Dinklage forged both the, the gauntlet and the axe. So he knows how to overpower the gauntlet, but like the gauntlet is one thing, but having all the infinity stones with it is a completely other thing in, in my mind. So I wasn't, I didn't like that really, honestly. Well, I think it's, they also say, um, you know, Thor is up there with Scarlet, Witch. he is one of the most powerful people he, he is in the MCU. So I think, yeah, there's so many different ways it could have gone. He could have, instead of using all six or whatever, like to push him back and just the fact that this, and it was, you know, because you don't know what the, you know, it's it's forged from a dying star, like uh, just like, what's his, uh, like Mjolnir. Yeah. So but... there's all this stuff to it. I don't know what, like Thanos could have just been like, time stone, freeze, stop, go back. And like just using one. So the fact, yeah, I see we are like using all six, the power behind that he could just obliterate Thor with not even a thought, like just he's gone. There's no anything. Yeah, uh, and the ax might've been forged from a dying star, but the stones were, are remnants of a universe. Yeah. So, so it's completely different scales. Yeah. And you know, we just, we just have to trust in the Russo brothers. I, I I am going to trust it and say that Thanos just wanted to look weak so he could get the surprise at the end. I don't know, but that was their explanation and I'll, I'll, I'll deal with it. Yeah. But that, that, that was like my really only my major gripe with the movie that, and it, yeah, it's like you said, when they were forging the ax, it was slow. Yeah. I'm trying to think of any other areas that I really didn't care for, but I like, I really did like most the whole movie. Um, you know, it's, it's since it's been on Netflix since I think around Christmas, uh, I've probably watched it a, close to a dozen times. Yeah. I have to, <laughs> I have to watch it before again, be right before I go see this movie. Yeah. I'll probably watch that. And, yeah. I'll probably watch that sometime early this next week. Yeah. What, um, like Wednesday night. I'll watch that. Yeah. The last, I mean, unless you want to talk about anything else with infinity war, the last thing I would nope. say is, uh, 
the snap, the actual snap. Like, did you see like all those people, the ones that like, did you see all those deaths? Did you see it ending that way? And did you think it would have been those people as opposed to anyone else? I'm not surprised. I, I, I can't say I saw all the deaths happening. I didn't think that they just, I didn't think that they would kill off Spider-Man because his movie was coming out right after. And, and like, as a fan, you you know, like somehow they're going to bring these people back. Yeah. If you read a single comic book ever, they bring back yeah. dead people. Yeah. It's just the, I, because Marvel likes to be secretive about their stuff. I was just like, I wonder why they're basically broadcasting that they are going to bring them back. Yes, we know that they're going to bring them back, but they're just basically saying it. They're like, Spider-Man's right after, uh, but he's dead in here. He's got to come. He's got to come back alive. <laughs> so that that is the part I didn't see because I just thought they'd be try to be a little bit more sneaky with it. Uh, but the fact that they kept all basically the original Avengers not surprised because this is this last movie movie is going to be about them and and their 10 year journey. So, and then they'll make way for the next set of people. Yeah. So I thought, you know, going in, I was like, if it's going to end with him, if like, cause I know that, like at this point we knew they were splitting it. It was like, if it ends with him getting all six, they're definitely, he's snapping and it'll either end with the snap or it'll end with, like the people dying or something like that. And that's what happened. And I did not yeah. expect the, those to die to be the ones to die. I thought, all right, there goes all the original people. And it was not, it was the opposite. Almost. It was all the originals were yeah. left. The original six Avengers plus rocket, um, Nebula and who, and well, yeah, Ant Man still. Yeah, Ant Man was still alive. He was. Uh, he wasn't involved in the quantum realm. Yeah, and that was yeah, in the next. But yeah, so there was uh, the original, and I was like, oh, that's that's different. And then I, then all the theories were, oh, well, maybe those who got dusted were the ones who were saved, and everyone else is actually dead. And then it's like, oh, because then think of the all the old people are dead then, and then think of oh well, Rocket and Nebula are the only two to actually be dead. Like I, I could see that kind of, but then there's like there's so many other things happening. Like now it's just going to be, you know, something talked about in Endgame. Yeah, I mean the thing is the reason that they're not the old people aren't like the the older Avengers aren't dead is because they need to make Endgame about them and like focus on them because this is and we'll talk about predictions in a little bit, but this is going to be like a lot of their last hurrah for a exactly. while. Yes. So. All right. So. The first movie post Infinity War had a lot of hype. Ant Man and the Wasp. There was, it was an okay movie. I did. I yeah, I liked it. Um, it, it happened I concurrently the, at the same yeah. time as Endgame or not Endgame Infinity War. I don't remember if it was you I was talking to or like maybe Randy. I said, I'm like I'm calling it now. Ant Man and the Wasp was going to end with the snap, and that's exactly that, what happened. Yep, that is. Like, I mean, it was basically, it was a movie that didn't have too much tie-in to what had happened because mm -hmm. it, they just went over, like, Paul Rudd's, like, the fact that he was confined 
in his house. house. That whole scene was hilarious. I, I love that when he had the little montage of everything he was doing. Yeah, he was playing. Like, he was singing karaoke to like the Partridge family. He was playing like hallway bowling, doing like you know, close up magic tricks. When <laughs> he was, was uh, oh, so funny. when he was on the drums, I totally thought of you. I I was 100. like, <laughs> I was like, uh I really like Paul Rudd, and I was like, man, <laughs> so this is what I would be doing if I had house arrest. Yes. <laughs> I mean, the close-up magic, and I love the um, oh gosh, the one CIA agent uh, who in the comics is a Shield agent. So I thought it was going to be like a tie into Shield, but they really have not. They've distanced themselves from Shield since Winter Soldier overall. But yeah, he was like his lines, like oh, it's like uh, the daughter comes up. Why why do you keep uh, yelling at my daddy? It's like. Well, think of this. And he like gives this huge like description of the Sokovia Accords. And he's like, so you see, that's why your daddy's in here. She's like, that's stupid. He does the card <laughs> trick and he's about to leave. And he's like, hey, how, how'd you do the card trick? <laughs> like <laughs> he was he was good. It was a very funny movie. Uh, they doubled down like Lewis's stories. Uh, the other like ex-cons. Uh, even Paul Rudd, like he's just, he's a funny person. He's a comedian. He's definitely like a funny actor. Um, it was definitely one of the funnier movies too, for me. Uh, the villain, you know, ghost, that was a different take because it was like, she wasn't really necessarily like a villain. She was trying to survive cause she was like dying. Yeah. And, uh, they introduced the original, um, giant man, as more you know morpheus was morpheus. in it yes. <laughs> he was Morphe. the original giant man yes um God, yeah there's just some funny parts too like when he's like kid size and he has to go get his trophy so he can get the suit uh, in the school yeah that them shrinking down the lab paul rudd acted like being possessed by the mother oh um, yeah <laughs> i forgot about that that was funny yeah so it it was yeah it was a big like like heist kind of movie going back and forth and trying to get the, yeah, just like the original Ant-Man was like a heist. Yeah. Trying to get the lab, get the lab to where you can, you could basically go into the quantum realm and find out where, where the mom is and all that stuff. It, it was good. I, I liked it. Paul Rudd does this really good actor. And then your, your favorite guy, I forget what his name is, Lewis or something yeah, like that. Luis. Luis. And he, oh my God, is it a truth serum? No, it's not a truth serum. It's this thing that makes you highly suggestible. Yeah, that's a truth yeah, serum. Yeah, it's a truth serum. <laughs> he goes, no, and then he, they give him the shot, and he like immediately is like, like where is he right now? Oh, well, emotionally, he's like <laughs> in this weird thing. It's like not emotionally right now, physically. Where is he right now? Oh, he's in the wood. Oh my God. That was great. That story he did where he was talking about where he was emotionally and everything. That was fantastic. Yeah, it was. Yeah, overall, it was just really funny. Um, I think, yeah, the grand connection to everything. It was just like, hey, it was a palate cleanser. It was something light after seeing Infinity War and people were upset or sad, Um, even knowing that some were going to come back and like, oh, something's going to happen with Endgame that's going to bring these people back. It was still a very... You know, it was the hero's loss in Infinity War, so he needed something funny afterwards, and that was the the timing of it was well done. Yep. Overall, I, though, I as agree. like a MCU movie, it was good. 
It wasn't like the best. Uh, it wasn't the worst, but it was a funny, lighthearted movie. Um, and it's, you know, I think the one takeaway that's going to tie in with Endgame is the quantum realm. Like, that's the big thing. Yeah. Like, when you look back at the MCU as a whole, like, oh, Ant-Man and the Wasp is known because it introduced the quantum realm. Yep. No, that's exactly what it'll be. It, it, it's the, him gathering those particles, like quantum realm energy. And that's how it'll go. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. And then, then the next movie, the which we kind of discussed at at nauseum at the very start yeah. of this. So, so I'll we'll make this one brief. Yeah, we will. Is Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel basically, she, well, it released recently, May, March 8th, so last month, 2019. And it was basically going through Carol Danvers' history of like, she wound up being at like with the Cree. It started out with her with the Cree hunting down the what's his name? The scrolls. And then basically she goes back to Earth, teams up with Nick Fury, and there's there's some funny stuff in that. It's it's set in the 90s, so this is before most of the stuff in the MCU happens. And she just basically tries to to solve things about like her past, her own identity. Yeah, yeah, and winds up meeting like people that she knew in the past but couldn't remember. That then you find out that the scrolls, like as she's fighting the scrolls on Earth, she winds up finding out that the scrolls were good, and then they the Kree are bad. She winds up finding out how she got her powers and then she just basically ends the movie with after they've defeated the the Kree and the scrolls find like the ship on the outside of the earth so that they can take to kind of be in protection she just flies off with them after destroying a few Kree ships by herself when she goes by Super herself Saiyan. yes <laughs> exactly yeah but i mean that was basic synopsis of the movie yeah it was it was good. I liked it. It was their first female driven solo superhero movie. Nick Fury was good. He was funnier. He was more optimistic. We actually see how he lost his eye. Um, <laughs> the villains, yes. the, the scrolls were introduced as a race to the MCU. And I think that's just the introduction. Like, I think there's going to be more. Um, so everyone kind of expected secret wars or secret invasion. And that didn't happen yeah. at all. So that was a good bait yeah. and switch. Um, yeah, it was, I liked it. I think I, and I've only seen it now the one time I'm sure when it comes out, um, you know, whichever, I think it's probably not coming to Netflix. It'll probably come to the Disney plus, but it is. Yeah. I'll, I'll see it again. I'm sure. Uh, but it was good. I think it was like, it doesn't, it wasn't the funniest. It had like a good story, like all around. It was, it was good. Yeah, I thought it was okay. I thought it was a middle of the pack movie. Yeah. But I know when I do my that, like overall it'll it'll probably be around there. Yeah. So it's all it's all good. Yes. So now because like I said, we've we've discussed this movie at, on a whole episode. So if you want if you want to listen yes. to that, pay, it's our very first episode on this. So go check that out. But then we can we'll just discuss phase three overview now and just like if there's something that we would want to change we can mention it while we're talking about it but but a lot of looking at phase three 
like the quality in movies in phase three versus the other phases rose dramatically. Uh, villains were a lot better in mo most of the phase three movies. Obviously, we had a lot more quantity of movies, th th but that's just because they were setting up and like people, they have gotten so much money from people going to these movies all the time. Um, then it introduced some characters that are really, really good characters that I'm, I'm glad that they wound up introducing and it'll play big roles in Infinity War. I'm very curious what's going to happen or in Endgame, but we'll see with that. Yeah, I think if you're looking at like each phase, you know, this did introduce a lot of characters because we got in the MCU, we got Black Panther, Spider-Man, Doctor Strange, um, and Captain Marvel as officially like full on heroes and a lot of like um, supporting characters too. But, and we, I would throw Thanos in too. Cause like, yes, we were introduced to him, but we really got a lot of him in infinity war. Like we understood his motivation. So there was a lot in these nine movies. So that was a lot. Um, yeah. Looking yeah, back, I think like phase one was just like, Hey, like we're trying, it was like an experiment. We're trying this. We're going to have these different movies and they're all going to come together. And as great, like as excited as I am for Endgame, and as I was for infinity war, it's a different feeling than that initial, um, like, Oh my gosh, they're all coming together to fight a villain, like to fight this one villain and save the world that first time. Uh, you know, and, and that's just, it's, yeah. it's a, you know, a different feel. This phase two, it was just like completely elevating everyone. You know, it was a lot of sequels and only introduced the Guardians and Ant-Man after Age of Ultron. But it was just kind of setting up more of setting up phase three, but also uh, developing these characters. Whereas phase three was like not only it was introducing and developing these new characters and just giving a lot of payoff to the ones you've already had a lot of work with. So Captain America, Tony, like Iron Man with Spider-Man and Civil War. Like you got a lot of these characters, Bruce and Thor and Ragnarok. It was just like you know, almost like reinventing the wheel or getting a lot of payoff. Mm -hmm. So I think if I had to say like out of all three, like phase three is my favorite. We couldn't have gotten here obviously without watching. Like if you just start with phase three, it's not going to be as <laughs> strong. No. Like you'll still get the gist of everything, but, um, but starting out with civil war as your first Marvel movie is not a good idea. <laughs> no. Uh, some things I've changed overall. Like we, we talked about these, like a lot of these in individual movies, but if I would change anything, honestly, I really don't think I would. <laughs> um, I really like even just the order of everything characters that were introduced, um, you know, guardians too. like as much as like, you know, people, some people complained about ego, like they, you needed it to be about the dad. The whole first one was like the mom. And then that whole tease about the dad, like it had to be the dad. And the fact that it was the villain, it was almost like almost a given because Kurt Russell, he did such a good job and he's just a likable person, kind of like Chris Pratt. And it just was, Hey, you, you could be, eternal with me and yep yeah yeah um 
Uh, one thing I didn't say with Black Panther, I didn't like the final fight on the like in the subway. It was so like over the top CGI and just was them just like punching each other and had kind agreed. of also a episode one feel with like, oh, you, you know, with the um, of Star Wars episode one with the uh, force fields that yep. would open and shut. And it was like, oh, you got to wait until the train passes. And there's that little window of time. Uh, and the fact that I just related it to those movies it's like bad. it's not a yeah that's not it's a bad like in that part of episode one was probably the best part but still like yeah. you know each of these lot. movies had had something ant-man and the wasp the villain that was probably one of the weaker ones of the whole i mean not just ghost but even the businessman uh sonny birch yeah like he was just he was there to be a villain to just j- move the plot along uh yeah yeah i mean good. My biggest change would probably be just how they handled Captain Marvel. Like, yeah, more recently. Yeah. Yeah, more more recently. And that's just from like the powers, like how she got her powers. Like I wasn't a big fan of that she got her powers from an exploding engine in that had remnants of the times not the time stone, the space stone in it. So I, I think that they could have handled that better. I think that they could have done a lot more. And I said this in our, our first episode is that they could have done a lot more villain wise in, in her movie. So yeah, I just had, I wasn't a big fan of the, them giving her all these, these binary powers right away. I think like, the only reason though they had to do that, respectfully joe the only reason they had to do that is because we're going into endgame if there's if this was released before say this was released like i don't know thor ragnarok or is any time before like 2018 yeah i think she would not need that would be like you know, that's not needed. She can win or have like something. And she's like just learning how to like really use her powers, but she's not full binary yet. Um, and then when she comes in with end game or something like that would be the, the real, the factor that lets her like fully come to her potential that she needs to, you know, a fully life threatening situation across the whole universe and like the entirety of life. That would be a reason to do it. The fact that we have, Cree warships over earth but yeah i think it's it was needed because she's going to need that to defeat thanos or at least help fight thanos yeah um, so it was just like hey you know i wonder if that was a thing that was you know the uh, the writers of the movies planned to give her binary powers or just to say like hey we're gonna we're gonna give her like she has a lot of strong power still without it but we're gonna save binary until her sequel or something later. I mean, that was the same with Ant-Man and giant man, Peyton Reed, who directed both of them wanted to save giant man for the sequel. But Marvel was like, we're going to throw him in civil war. Um, so I think that may have played a role because I think she yeah, needs no, I, to be there as I can see that as much of it. I think, yeah, as it, it would be a much better story device to save it. Yeah. But that, that's my biggest thing. Excellent. So, Joe, the last bit of the podcast. Dun, 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 dun. We're in the end game now, Ooh. Joe. That's Uh-oh. right. Does that mean you're going to kill me? 
Oh no! Goodbye, cruel world. You don't feel so good, Mr. Stark. Wait, what was that? <laughs> <laughs> That's uh, that was you turning to dust. <laughs> yes. So I was starting to dust. Yes. Half our listeners. Sorry, Rez. Endgame. Goodbye. <laughs> uh, so, endgame predictions. What do you think is going to happen? I mean, obviously, this is this is like I said at the beginning. This is going to be about the original, like six Avengers. So I can see a lot of, and Ant-Man's involved in it too. And and the reason that Ant-Man's involved in it is because they have to do quantum realm stuff. Now, how they are going to use quantum realm, I'm interested in. It could be like time travel. I, I could I can see them use doing time travel. I'm not I'm not really sure. So I can see basically what's what's gonna happen is that they're gonna use the quant quantum realm to to go over and try to figure out a way to beat 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 Thanos. And then from there, like Thanos is going to be sitting fine just on on where where he was or where he is on the planet and then the avengers are going to come after him we've seen those space suits in the trailers so they're going to come after him they're going to try to fight him he's going to kick the the living shit out of them again um yeah they're going to have to de devise a plan to to do something about it and somehow it's going to involve them going into the soul world of the the soul stone mm -hmm. to, to to bring these people back so they'll meet up someone will go in there someone will meet up with gamora and they will try to to basically break it from the inside and i think that once they rescue these people and they break it from the inside and then a bigger battle with Thanos is going to ensue because Gamora will come back and everyone will come back and they'll all try to basically fight Thanos and at at the end like Thanos well, I see I don't know if they're going to kill Thanos I feel like he's going to die just because he's got he's got to but at the end, Thanos is going to get almost kill some someone, and I just think Cap is somehow going to step in and get killed. Like whether it's Thanos going after Bucky or someone, Cap is going to step in and Thanos is going to wind up killing him. And I can't. I don't. I have honestly no idea how they will beat Thanos, but they'll they'll break the Infinity Gauntlet on him. The stones will essentially scatter. And Strange will do some sort of spell to like hold Thanos in place because he we've seen that he's susceptible to stuff like that, like when Mantis was holding him like mentally. So Yeah, he has limitations, even yeah. with the gauntlet. Yep. So that like if they don't wind up killing Thanos, 
I feel like Strange is going to put him in the spell that makes him basically in a perpetual like coma, and so they can lock him up forever, or Strange will hold him somehow, and like Tony or or someone's go- going to get the last the last blow to end it. Um, Tony Thor, I think, would be the two b- biggest ones that could do that. Yeah, and somehow. Somehow Hulk could be involved, but I don't. I don't see Hulk getting the final blow on Thanos. He doesn't have that much yeah, that to do with Thanos. Yeah. Um, and then after that, I think it's a lot of like what people are going to say and say what people have been saying. I think Tony survives, and he's going to wind up. It's going to wind up ending with the marriage, like between him and Pepper. And then that is that is your movie. I don't know. I, I don't know who else could die. Like I could see them killing other people, but I just don't know who. <laughs> yeah. Um, so my thoughts, I think going off of a couple of things you said, um, yeah, I think quantum realm is going to be big. I mean, that's why it was introduced in Ant-Man and the Wasp. I think like that will lead into the time travel. Um, some behind the scenes things like, and that's, I, try not to like hear too much of the behind the scenes thing. So, uh, but then you can mute me, Joe, if you want uh, to not uh, hear the spoiler, it's okay. but they said like, there's been some scenes they shot with, um, both Tony and cap and Tom Hiddleston in their Avengers costumes, but also Ant-Man is there. Uh, so, I think there's going to be some sort of like time hopping, you know, that could be as something as small as a cameo, like how they did the Steve Rogers cameo in Thor, the dark world. Like he just is popping all over the place in time and it's like a Mm -hmm. five second little thing, or it could be like, we need to adjust the future or adjust things now so we can save the future. And then if that happens, uh, one thing I saw recently though, was, uh, you know, they go in the past, but it sets up the current timeline. So it's not like they're altering the present. They're actually going in the past to, um, like the two examples were, uh, going to Hank Pym. Cause they're like, why would he pick Scott Lang? Like in, in Ant-Man, they explain why he chose Scott, but like by going in the past and like explaining everything saying you need to do this. So otherwise like all this stuff will happen. Um, and then there was another one too. Uh, Ant-Man and the Wasp. Goodness. Now I'm like forgetting it. Uh, but it, it was like two different things. I was like, oh, okay, that makes sense kind of. Uh, but I think, yeah, time travel, quantum realm, that will play a role in the story. Another thing I heard is that, like, I know I did not see any of the actual leaked movie because it did just leak uh, online. Uh-huh. Not the whole movie, but I think a good chunk of it, like over an hour of the movie leaked. Um, but apparently, and this is before this happened, this is like two or three weeks ago, I heard, like, within the first hour, something big happens. And I could see that being the first third of the movie is the big, all right, let's go, let's get him. Tony's back on Earth. Let's let's get, let's all team up and go fight Thanos. And Thanos, like you said, he beats the shit out of them again. Um, if the trailers are anything to go by, and that's a big if, uh, people use black widow's hair as a timeline of like when things happen, her hair is like that still platinum blonde from infinity war. 
Uh-huh. Uh, so I think like she, they go and fight and then they lose again and then they're back on earth. And it's like a time jump of like five or six years before anything happens. And that's when I think Ant-Man comes back. Like he's like, does to him, it's like a couple of minutes. Maybe he's all over time. And then he finally shows up and it's like years later. Like, where have you been? He's like, I was just gone for like a couple of minutes. I was doing this and all this is happening. What, what, what do you mean? Where have I been? And they tell him the year, just like Bruce did when he finally unhulked after his two or three year stint as the Hulk. Yeah. Uh, in Thor Ragnarok. So that'll be like kind of played for laughs, but also I think, uh, like a lot of exposition there, um, with Thanos, he has to go. Uh, I think it's he's such a big villain and it's going to end the infinity saga this is like they can't keep him around as to any like it's going to be this is the end of the whole story they're not going to leave him as like a hanging thread he's going to die and it has to be someone who has had some sort of like meaningful or has some strong connection to him that's a lot of the guardians cuz uh nebula and gamora both the daughters of thanos and they they want him dead drax yeah. wants him dead because he's responsible for his family's death. Yeah. Um, re- yeah, basically any of the guardians, uh, Steve vision, scar, like there's so many, but I think, yeah, it's either going to be Tony cap. I think cap's going to go down. I th- like that could be big. Um, I don't know. I could see cap, sacrificing himself to take down Thanos. It's like, uh, for some, for something's going to happen and it'll be like, Oh, you need to sacrifice your someone to take him down. Cap is the, the one all the way back in captain America one. He's the one to dive on the grenade. I think it's going to be something like that, that metaphor tying all the way back to the first Avenger. Everyone else dies Mm -hmm. except for him. He's the one to jump on it. And yeah, that'll be, that'll be the big thing the big sacrifice. Uh, I, I can yeah. see that. And then I could see, like you said, Tony officially being like, all right, we clearly have like the Avengers are more, more than just the six of us. Now we have so many people. Uh, I, yeah, like he has a new respect for life, just like he did tying back into the original Iron Man. When he has that, like he comes out of the cave, this he'll come out of this alive, just like he came out of the cave. And he's going to be like, all right, I'm done being Iron Man. Pepper, let's start our life together. Yeah, I completely agree. It's going to be a wedding, and it's going to be like the wedding to top all weddings. You're going to see all these heroes there. You're going to be like, oh, my God, this is awesome. Um, Yeah, because they'll have a bunch of Easter eggs in that. Yeah, and I could see that being close to the end of the movie. And then a um, like him leaving the wedding before they go on their honeymoon, they all stop and they give like a – actual funeral for cap and then you see like a big i could see like a big uh statue or something somewhere in new york with like the avengers and like the original six or like one of like everyone or something like that or there's definitely if cap goes there's definitely a giant cap statue somewhere oh yeah no there has to be um and i'm yeah. not even sure if they'll like at like I, right now, I'm not even sure if they'll end like a post credit scene with like teasing a next villain or something. I feel like they're just going to end it, yeah, at, on like on try to end it on like a happy note. Yeah, I think, yeah, 
if there's anything, it's not going to... If it sets up anything, it'll be setting up the inclusion of the new stuff. Either something for Spider-Man, something for Black Widow, because that's... No, that didn't start filming yet. So just Spider-Man. No. Um, there'll be something for Spider-Man. There'll be maybe something in introducing the new Fox people. I said already, I think what's going to happen is it'll be guardian something. They'll all be on earth or something like that. Maybe that'll be like how it ends. Like everyone is on earth for this marriage slash funeral for cap and including all the guardians. And then they leave in their ship as they're flying out in space. Like you just see like the shot of them in space and it just like, they have a little scene like let's go, you know, somewhere else. And it just zooms out and you see the ship flying through space off in the distance as it, fades away and then you just see like a silver surfer in the like a small silver surfer just fly across the screen and that enough yeah. to show hey we have fox now yeah that that or even them just mentioning or like because i can't shoot scenes with them but like mentioning like something about mutants or something like that yeah like <laughs> mention like scarlet witch like where's your dad and Obviously, that's Magneto. So, You're like, no, he was killed by Tony Stark, and I have the accent again. <laughs> <laughs> like, yes, damn you, damn you, Wanda. That yes, Wanda. But d- yeah, do something like that. Like you can, you could use Scarlet Witch to like mention, like hint at Magneto or something like that, or X Men in general, or like mutants, or you just have like so, four people walk up. <laughs> like really obvious, like at the wedding. Hi, we're friends from college, Tony and I. I'm Reed Richards. This is my wife and my friend, who's not Chris Evans. And this is <laughs> and this is my friend, uh, sir. That's a rock. No, it's a thing. Wink. Uh, and then Tony just does his eye roll from uh, yes. like all the movies, and just like, Ugh. yeah. All right, thank God I'm done the MCU now. <laughs> He's like, this is where we're going. <laughs> Yeah. Oh my <laughs> it's goodness. A rock. No, it's a thing. <laughs> That's a thing. And who are you? I am... Hi, I'm not Chris Evans. <laughs> the yes, original not. Johnny Storm. Oh God. Uh, but yeah, I'm ex- I can't wait till Thursday. I can't wait till we talk about it either. Oh my gosh, yeah. <laughs> I am obs- I because uh I know you're seeing it or like a half hour before me, so yeah. that's gonna be killing you. Don't worry. I, my phone will be off. Do not text I'm me. I'm not going to text you. Don't worry. Oh, gosh. I'm so excited. Me yeah. I, it's, uh, yeah, it's going to be fun. It is. But this this was uh, our massive phase three episode. So please, thank you. If you got all the way to this part, thank you very much. We applaud you. Yes. Yes. Because this is much longer than any of our other episodes. Much like Endgame, this was a long episode. Yes. But I, I'm excited. Like I said, thank you everyone for listening. We hope you enjoy. Don't forget to follow us on our all our social media platforms so you can listen to us rant about Endgame after we watch it. Yes, we are on Facebook and Instagram at Nuts Podcast Twenty Two. We are on uh, Twitter at Nuts Podcast One. Email us at Nuts Podcast Twenty Two at Gmail. We would love to answer your questions or hear your thoughts on any of these things. So please like, share, subscribe, comment, everything, always, all the <laughs> things, everything's, all of the things, all. Oh. <laughs>
But, yes. but yeah. So, again, I'm Joe. I'm Chris. Stay naughty.